Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning and welcome everyone. I'm Pastor Chris. If you're watching online, again, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us uh, as well. As Pastor Scott said, uh, today is a great day. I'm excited because it's one of my favorite uh, days of the year here at Coastal. Uh, We do this twice a year at the beginning of the fall and the beginning of the winter and spring. Uh, It's our Life Group Sunday, Life Group Sunday. In fact, inside your bulletin, if you will, go ahead and pull out your Life Group catalog. Uh, In this catalog, you can check out all of the different groups. Uh, Life groups are semester. We run our groups uh, on a semester basis. The semester begins uh, the week of February the 9th and uh, lasts till about Mother's Day. There's usually an off week somewhere in there. And groups can last, depending on your group, anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks. So all the groups are listed in here. Uh, You only have to sign up for your group one time, one way. And there's multiple ways to sign up. You can sign up online. If you're watching online, uh, you can go to our website and check out all the groups and sign up there. You can go home and sign up there. Uh, You can also sign up on your Connect card if you're here today. Uh, On your Connect card, on the very back of it, it says, sign me up for Life Group, and there's a blank. And you basically just put uh, LG, and inside your catalog, there's a designation for all the different groups. And so you can put uh, the designation there, and you're signed up. Or... Uh, after this service, you can go outside to the tent and each one of our tables. It's kind of like a, a job fair or a college fair, but for life groups. And so we have a table or a booth representing all of the different groups uh, outside. And so today's service is going to be a little bit shorter than normal, and it's going to allow all of you to go to the tent and check out all the groups. And if you've already signed up for a group, your name probably is already on one of those lists. You don't have to sign up again. Again, only one time, uh, one way. But there's going to be food. Uh, You can check out, uh, uh, meet the leaders, meet other people that are signing up for your group. And today, by the way, it's only like the, uh, typically this is the only time throughout the year that we encourage our people uh, to judge, okay? Uh, we're, so we're, not, we're kind of a judgment-free zone around here. But on Life Group Sunday, we actually want you to judge. And you'll notice that inside your bulletin, there's also a little ballot, okay? So we have some really creative uh, Life Group leaders and real competitive Life Group leaders. And so we didn't do this last year, but they clamored to bring it back because I think they want a prize. But um, anyways, you'll notice there, best overall booth, best snack, most creative, and best sales pitch. So um, each one of the tables has a sign, and on that sign there's like a number. And so you literally just have to put the number that you thought, uh, you know, deserves your vote. Uh, Also, this is important, Um, if you have children over in Coastal Kids, when we dismiss you here, it's going to be early. They are on their regular schedule over there. And so don't go get your kids immediately. We, will have, we have sound outside of the tent, and we will make an announcement when it is the normal, regular time for you to go pick up your kids. Because uh, if you go over there when you're dismissed here, you're going to interrupt what's going on. And my wife, who is a children's director, is going to going to get on me, so um, I'll be in trouble. And by the way, today is her birthday, so make sure you wish her a happy birthday uh, when you see her today. So um, it's, I'm excited. I love, love, love uh, Life Group Sunday. In fact, it really goes along with today's message. Of course, we did that uh, intentionally. We're in this series called The New You, and we've talked about the new you spiritually. We've talked about the new you emotionally. Uh, we, we've talked about several things. Well, today, we're, we're in part four, and we're going to talk about the new you relationally. In fact, this is an area of your life 
that if you don't get this one right, it really doesn't matter if you get the all, all the other areas on track, because if you don't get this one right, you are going to struggle. Because you can't be the new you that God intended if the relationships in your life are not on track, okay? Interesting verse, Proverbs 18, 24. It's on the screen, on your outline. Look at this. There are friends, and notice there, now this is in Proverbs in the Old Testament. It's in quotes. I think this is like the first you know, example of air quotes in the Bible. So everybody do that with me. There are what? Friends, okay? Friends who what? Who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Now, what he's saying is, is the obvious, that there really are, you know, different types of friends, different levels of friendship. And listen, you're going to have a lot of people in your life uh, who are merely acquaintances. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But no matter how many friends you have on Facebook, no matter, no matter how many followers you have on Instagram or Twitter, it's important that you have some real friends who know you. And who will stick by you no matter what. Now here's why. When those types of relationships are missing from your life, you are more than likely to experience a great deal of emptiness and loneliness. Now loneliness is a symptom. It, it is a, a warning light. Uh, it's a warning that you don't have the friends in your life that you need to have. Friends that are going to strengthen you uh, and support you and, and help you grow. So I want to ask everybody in the room this. If you're watching, I want to ask you as well. In your life right now, is your relationship warning light going off? Do you struggle with loneliness? You know, the truth is we are facing a, a loneliness ep epidemic in our country today. Uh, there are so many people, maybe some of you here today, who are suffering silently. And one of the reasons for that, I think, is that why we are, we are, we are now more likely than ever to spend time relating to other people online rather than in person. In other words, today we are this culture, we're this society that is increasingly becoming isolated from other people instead of experiencing true community. Now here's what I want you to get today. That loneliness, that isolation, that was never God's intent for you and I. It's not what we were created for. You were made, you were created for community, for doing life with other people, for having friends. And so today, I want to spend the rest of our time together talking about five steps that you could take to get back on track in your relationships so that you can become the new you relationally. Okay, so here's number one. If you're taking notes, uh, seek Godly friends. Seek godly friends. You see, it's not just that you have to have people in your life. It really does matter the kind of people that you have in your life. 
Now, maybe your parents quoted this verse to you when you were growing up. It's from 1 Corinthians 15.33. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for, and here's the part that they quoted, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, what that's saying is that you can have people in your life who aren't necessarily good for you. Now, I've heard it said, and I think many of you have probably heard this before, and I, I, I believe this. Your character, who you are as a person, you know, the real you is the sum total of the five people that you spend most of your time with. In other words, the kind of friends that you have helps determine the kind of person that you're becoming. Now, you think about that. That's why we have got to be intentional about the kind of relationships that we have, about the people that we allow into our lives. By the way, parents, moms and dads, that's especially true for your kids. Now, I am not saying that all your friends should be Christians. All your friends should be followers of Jesus. In fact, I don't believe that at all. But that does mean that you do need friends in your life who are going to be a godly influence. We're going to help you discover God's purposes for your life instead of what? Pulling you away from God's purposes. You need people in your life who are going to help you grow in your faith instead of drawing you away from your faith and leading you away from the church. You need friends in your life who are going to lead you out of temptation instead of lead you directly into it. So let me ask the question. Do you have those types of Christian friends in your life right now? Now, I don't think anybody plans or, you know, strategically plans to have bad friends. You know, no, nobody plans to be stuck in unhealthy relationships. But that is where loneliness comes back into play. You see, when we feel lonely... Man, we'll do almost anything to get rid of that feeling. I mean, come on. We know this to be true. You will hang out with people that you know in your heart you probably shouldn't be hanging out with just because you don't want to be lonely. We'll get into relationships with, some, with people because we, we don't want to be, be lonely. I've actually talked to people who would rather stay in an abusive relationship because they would rather feel the pain of abuse than the sting of loneliness. That's why, regardless of your stage of life, whether you're married or single, in your 20s, in your 40s, kids or no kids, it really doesn't matter. We've all got to work at developing these godly relationships in our lives. Now, the obvious problem is, Pastor Chris, where do you find those godly relationships? Where do you meet people? Well, one of the reasons the church exists is to be that place, be that community where you can develop a support base of godly relationships, godly friends where you can get connected and, and meet people and do life with people who are going to support you and help you grow. Now, 
at Coastal, guess where we believe is the best place for that to develop, the best place for that to happen? It's in our what? Life groups. It is. You know, when you take that step, and you get into a life group, you're making a decision, not just for your spiritual health, but you are making a decision to invest in your relational health as well. By the way, our our groups, our life groups, only last about 8 to 12 weeks, and then they're over. So in other words, yes, we call them life groups, but you're not signing your life away, okay? You can do anything for, you know, 8 to 12 weeks. And the great part of the way we do groups is that, that you potentially get to meet a new group, a great new group of of new people every semester. So what happens over time, if you'll make that investment, man, you will develop a great support group, a a great support base of godly friends. Now, today outside in the tent, in your catalog, there are over 25 different groups that you can choose from, that meet on almost every day of the week. So I know that you can find a group that works for you. But, listen, I get it. I've been doing this a long, long time. And and I understand how easy it is. It's possible that you can come here for a while and you, you know, you come on a Sunday and, uh, you know, you sneak in a little bit, you find a seat. And uh, you really don't talk to many people, and the service ends, and you kind of, you know, quickly sneak out. And it's possible to do that, you know, to come and to be completely anonymous. And maybe, just maybe, that's, you know, okay and just in, in the beginning. But here's what I want you to hear today. That's really not what God intended. I think he wants you to take a chance this semester. I think he wants you to step out in faith. I think he wants you to join a group and connect with some other godly people. I truly believe that's his intention for you. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. You know, check out the catalog. Go out to the tent at the end of today's service and find a group that works for you. I hope, I hope you'll take that chance. Here's the second step. Second action. Number two, give and receive encouragement. I say give and receive because here's the thing. Listen to this. You attract who you are. Okay? You attract people into your life who reflect who you are. Now, there are two types of people in everybody's life right now. There are people who add value to your life, you know, who motivate you to be the person that God intended. They're positive. They're upbeat. They, they you know, spur you along toward uh, uh, the Lord and, and, and good things. And then there are people who, well, they suck the life right out of you. Okay, they do. And, and you know the type of people that I'm talking about. They're negative. They make you feel bad about yourself when you're around them. We all have, you know, both types of people in our life, encouragers and discouragers. Now, the truth is, typically, we're either one or the other ourselves. Okay, some of you, you're encouragers. Some of you are discouragers. You're life suckers. Yeah, you are. Now, most of us are probably both at different times in our lives. I mean, that's the truth. But the Bible is crystal clear. 
Listen, if you want to be the new you relationally, you got to work on this. you got to work on being an encourager. In fact, there was actually a guy in the Bible whose nickname uh, was based off of that. He was such an encourager that he gets a, a designation, a nickname for being for being that. Acts 4, 36. Listen to this. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means what? Son of what? Okay, some of you are son of, no, never mind. Um, But this guy was son of encouragement. Okay? They called him Barnabas, son of encouragement, because he was such an encourager. Listen, guess what? God wants you to be a Barnabas. He wants us to be a Barnabas, sons and daughters of encouragement to the people in your life. In fact, let me give you three simple ways that you could be an encouragement to the people in your life this week, today. The first way is my words. My words. The number one way we encourage or discourage people is through the words that we speak. Your words are powerful. You can use your words as tools to, uh, to break down people, weapons to, to beat them down, or tools to build them up. So let me ask you, what effect do most of your words have on the people in your life? Your family, your spouse, your children, your friends, people that you work with? Would they say your words build them up or tear them down? Secondly, through acts of kindness. Simple acts of kindness. That could be, again, as simple and and yet as powerful as, as writing a note to somebody, a handwritten note to somebody that you appreciate. Bringing a cup of coffee to a coworker, serving someone in just some kind, simple, unexpected way. Again, it doesn't have to be big, just thoughtful, just, just meaningful. Here's another way. Listening. Listening. An important way to be an encourager is simply looking people in the eye when they speak and listening to them. Listening makes the other person feel like they have value, that they're important, that they have worth. So uh, let me ask, are you making time to listen to the people in your life. And what I mean by that is, you know, just listening to them. Again, looking them in the eye and not thinking about how you're going to respond or win. Just listening. Here's a, uh, a third action to becoming the new you emotionally. Have fun. Have fun with my friends. You know, I, I think this is a, a very simple one and yet so, so important, uh, just having fun. And I also believe this, that it is kind of a missing ingredient in, in so many of our relationships today. So many of our marriages, so many of our friendships. So, so here's the question. Let me ask, do you have people in your life, do you have friends in your life that you just, man, you just love being around? You just love hanging out with them. You love having fun, you know, whether it's just talking or, you know, going places or doing stuff. People that you laugh with. People you're able to be yourself with. You can relax around. By the way, uh, when we think about having fun, studies have shown that typically this looks different for men and women. Not, not all, but, but a lot. Uh, women tend to be a, a lot more verbal uh, than men are and are much more likely to connect with other people and have a good time through conversation. Okay, but here's the thing, guys usually don't just get together to talk, 
Okay, we, we don't. There's, there's usually got to be, you know, like a purpose or an activity. You know, we'll watch the game together. We'll fish. We'll play golf. We'll hunt. And, and by the way, guys can do all of those things and more together and not say like 10 words to each other. You know, and then we'll come home and your wife will go, oh, you know, how is uh, so-and-so's, you know, how are the kids doing? Or, you know, what's up with the wife? You know, what's she, and you're like, oh, I don't know, you know. What, what do you mean? You didn't talk about it? Oh, no. What did you talk about? I don't know. It's fish, you know, whatever, you know. And, and we're different that way. Now, this is an important principle to learn, by the way, if you're married or if you're about to get married. By the way, speaking of about to get married, one of the most awesome groups this semester, uh, my wife and I are going to be leading called Saving Your Marriage Before, you, Before It Starts. And it's a premarital counseling group. A bunch of people here at Coastal are getting married, so we want to start them off on the right foot. If you fit into that category, we'd love for you to join. Anyway, so guys... If you want to feel close to your spouse, if you really want to invest in your wife, and by the way, that is what we are called to do. Okay, that's what it means to be a leader in your home. It doesn't mean, you know, my way or the highway, I'm the boss applesauce. That's not it. The Bible doesn't teach that. It means that you are to love your wife the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you are to take the initiative and sacrificially love your wife. So you do care about this. You're supposed to. We're called to. So how do you show it? You communicate with her. You've got to look her in the eye. You've got to listen. And you just got to be able to talk. Because that's how women... Connect. That's how they have a good time, mostly through verbal communication. Now, ladies, guess what? You're not off the hook here. If you want to connect with your husband, one of the things that you got to be able to do, be willing to do at least, is you got to find, you know, some shared activity that he enjoys where you don't have to talk. You know, you just enjoy hanging out together and having fun. I promise you, it'll mean a lot to your your spouse. If we both were, and here's the cool thing, when you're both doing this for each other, it's a beautiful thing. You see, when we overlook the importance of just having fun together as a way of strengthening relationships, I think we're missing out. You know, one of our um, kind of theme verses around here at Coastal is John 10.10. Jesus said, the thief, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And I'm pretty sure that rich and satisfying includes having some fun, laughing together, enjoying life. Number four, pray for my friends. Prayer is one of the most personal and meaningful actions that you can take for a friend. To pray for them by name, to pray specifically for what they're going through, to pray for their spiritual walk with God, to pray for their health, to pray for their finances, their relationships, their career, their kids, whatever. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. According to the Apostle Paul, when is a good time to pray? All the time. There's not a bad time. Then he says, stay alert and be what? Persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. Paul often let his friends know that he was praying for them. You see that over and over again in Scripture. And he typically gave them some very specific things that they could be praying for him about. 
Now, two things happen when you pray for a friend. First, if you're a believer, God promises that he will hear and answer your prayer. He is listening and he will answer. Maybe not in the way which you want it to be answered. Sometimes the answer is wait. Sometimes it's no. And God has his reasons. Sometimes he's got a better plan for you. But your prayers bring God's peace, his presence, and his power to bear in in the situations in other people's lives. I believe that. We believe in the power of prayer here. Now, another thing that happens when you pray uh, for, for people is your prayer strengthens the friendship that you have with that other person. You see, when you pray for somebody else, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. And he draws your heart closer to that other person. You see, it's hard to stay angry at somebody that you're really praying for. It's hard to be jealous of someone, envious of someone that you're praying for. Prayer strengthens the relationship. In fact, if I could give young couples any suggestion to start off well, it'd be to start praying for each other. And I actually mean pray together. At the end of the day, the beginning of the day, make the time, bow your heads, close your eyes, join hands, and pray for each other. It's the most powerful thing you could do as a couple. Now, the Apostle Paul was great at praying for his friends. Listen to Romans 1.9. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. Now, listen, there is one prayer. It is the most important prayer that you could ever pray for a friend. If you've got a friend that's not yet a follower of Jesus, it's the prayer that they might have an encounter with Jesus that somehow he changes their life. And you pray that God gives you an opportunity to talk with them, to share your faith, share your story, and invite them to a church where they're going to hear about Jesus. In fact, that leads us to our final, our final action, our final step. Number five, to experience the new you relationally, share my faith with my friends. Have you ever thought about where most of the people in your life, your, your friends even, where they stand with God. Again, the people that you interact with every day, the people that you work with, that you see, people you hang out with, people that live in your neighborhood, your apartment building, uh, friends at school. Do they have a relationship with God? Do you know where they stand? Listen, I get it. I I know it can be kind of weird at times or awkward maybe in the beginning to talk with friends and family about faith. But good friends, don't hesitate to talk about God because they get it. They know how important it is. They understand the eternal consequences involved. Now listen, again, here at Coastal especially, I'm not, I'm not talking about you know, being obnoxious. I'm not talking about pounding you know, somebody over the head with your faith. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? This is like, you know, especially during these winter months, you know, uh, your friend, maybe he's wearing a sweater, and you kind of walk up to him and go, oh, oh, I, I see a, a thread is uh, coming out of your sweater. Did you know that your soul is dangling over a thread right now over the fires of hell? Okay? <laughs> That's not what I'm... Not what I'm talking about, okay? 
Or, you know, whoo, you know, during the summer, man, sure is hot outside today. You know where else is hot? Hell, and that's where you're headed. Let's talk about it. <laughs> no, no. And yet sometimes I think when we, when we imagine, you know, living out our faith and, and sharing our faith, that we equate it with something, you know, of, of being obnoxious. And actually, that's not what the Bible teaches at all. 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, listen to this. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, now stop right there for a second. I think they're making the assumption that the friends in your life will ask you about the hope that you have as a believer. Why? Because you're living out your faith. You're loving them. You're serving them. You're being a friend. And he says, so if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain this. But do this in an obnoxious, harsh way. It doesn't say that, does it? Do this in a gentle and respectful way. I think that simply means doing what we've just been talking about. You know, loving, you know, your friends. Living for Jesus. Just living for Jesus. Living out your faith in front of them. Praying for them. Loving them. Serving them. Encouraging them. Having fun with them. And you see, my point is, if you will do that, man, I promise you, God is going to give you an opportunity to be an influence in their life. And you see, they will then be more likely to come to you when they do have questions about faith, when they're going through times of trouble, tension, or transition, when they need prayer, when they're going through a difficult time. That's why you got to be ready to talk about your faith when God gives you the opportunity that you've been praying for. So let me ask you this. If you live out your faith this way, and if God were to give you an opportunity this week to share your faith with a friend who doesn't know Jesus, would you be ready? You know, he presented you with an opportunity to invite some friends to church. Would you see that opportunity? Would you recognize it? And would you take advantage of it? In fact, that's what that uh, impact uh, evangelism training seminar is all about that we're offering. We did it last year. We're doing it again. And it's very simple. We're just trying to uh, help people, encourage just everyday believers to, you know, be able to share their story about how they came to faith, to be able to share their faith, and to invite somebody to church. So if you've never been to that uh, evangelism impact training seminar we'd love for you to attend uh, the sign up for that is in your connect card as well you know if you think about it it really was jesus who gave us the ultimate example of friendship john 15 13 there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends jesus gave us the ultimate example of friendship by giving his life for hours, so that we could become friends with God and have eternal life. So today, I want to encourage you, if you've never experienced the friendship that God offers through His Son, Jesus, to get right with God, you know, before we think about any other area, all these areas that we've talked about in this series, the new you, None of them are going to be right if you're not right with God. 
And guys, listen, again, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Have you placed your faith, your hope in Christ and what he did for you on the cross and become friends with God? If you've never done that, I hope you'll do that today. Now, before I pray, and I believe there's some people in this room that are ready to become friends with God here and now. But before I pray, I want you to look at your outline for a second. All these things that we've talked about here today, you know, godly friends, uh, encouragement, fun, prayer, opportunities to share your faith. Guess what? Each and every one of them can be found and experienced in a life group. In a life group. Everyone. I hope you'll join one today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you that you want to become friends with all of us. And I thank you that you made the way for that to happen. You were willing to sacrifice your one and only son, Jesus, so that we might be made right with you and have a personal relationship with you. Thank you for that. And listen, if you are here today and maybe you've had religion, maybe, you know, you've, um, maybe you've just, maybe you've run away from God, but today you've taken that step toward Him, that one step of faith. Listen, by the way, God's not waiting on you to clean yourself up first. The, the good news is He'll do the cleaning. And it really is just one step of faith. If you're ready and willing to come home, just pray something like this this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. I have gone my own way without you. I'm a sinner. Call it what you want, a sinner. And I admit today I'm in need of a Savior. I believe I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe that he went to a cross and died for my sin. But I believe today that he rose from the dead and he is alive. He did that for me to prove his power over sin and death, to prove that he was able to be my savior. And today, I put all of my faith and my hope and trust in Him and what He did for me. And now, Father, I simply want to follow Him for the rest of my days. Thank You. And Father, I pray today that believers, new believers, and those who are still seeking God, would know that they can find what's missing, to, to find what is needed in their life 
through community. And that that can take place in a small group of people, a life group. And I pray today, many will take that step of faith. We love you, Father, and I pray these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.